Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Devil Pulls the Strings by J.W. Zarek. Narrated by Kurt Bonham. Chapter 19 Here, There, Everywhere The cat rubs against my leg, purrs, walks out of the elevator into an empty dark brown room without doors or windows. We follow, and the elevator doors snap shut. Sapphire and I jump, reach for each other, hands and arms intertwining. We turn, and the doors shimmer out of existence. Inside the wall, where the elevator should be, where the elevator just was, where the elevator now isn't, sounds emit. Clinks to the left, clanks to the right, creaks going up, cranks going down, vibrations under the floor, gears grind, grate, groan, tick, 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 whir, 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 whoosh, 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 hum, silence. In the center of the wall where the elevator should be, a drop of obsidian-colored goo appears. The goo ripples, pulses, throbs. What is that? I stare, unable to look away. It looks like it's breathing. The small circle of goo quivers, expands, forms into a discernible map of an area in New York City. I recognize some of the street names. Definitely not Wentzville, I say, hoping to lighten the freaky mood. The map oscillates. At the top of the map, a faint image of a blue star. Words appear. 20th Precinct, Area of Operation, 120 West 82nd Street. A firm, authoritative voice I've heard before breaks the tension. Mr. Daniels, Ms. Anju. I was expecting you. Please, come in and have a seat. Rizzos? I spin. What was once an all-brown empty interior is now an office, complete with LED lighting, swivel chairs, two neatly arranged desks, two file cabinets, waist-to-ceiling frosted glass walls, a door on the opposite side of the room, and Detective Rizzos. He sits on the edge of a desk, reading from an open file. I see you've met Machiavelli. He points the file at the cat. He likes you, which is saying something, because Machiavelli doesn't like anyone. I squint at the cat, back at Rizzo's, back at the cat. And if Machiavelli didn't like me? Mac would have shown you a paw full of claws in the nearest exit. Machiavelli sits at my feet, purrs in agreement. I bend down and rub his neck, and his thank you purr rumbles louder. What is that smell? Jamaican jerk chicken? I ask. You have a detective's nose. 
Rizzo's opens a drawer and tosses fresh-cooked meat toward Machiavelli. Detective Rizzo's, what's going on? Why are we here? Sapphire's face scrunches with worry and disbelief. And where exactly are we? I ask. You are somewhere between the Historical Society and the 20th Precinct. Rizzo's points at the door. That opens to the 20th Precinct. He points to the wall behind us where there used to be an elevator. That leads to other places. A mischievous grin quirks his mouth. Places like where? Sapphire says. Lavender and Rose's branch offices, for a start, Rizzo says. The tone in his voice hints at someplace incredible. Lavender and Rose's branch offices? There's not just one office? Sapphire stares hard at Rizzo's. If you re-enter the elevator, you'll travel back to the branch office on Central Park West, headquarters, Rizzo says. No elevator travels five blocks, Sapphire says. Elevators go up and down, not six blocks sideways. Rizzo's gestures for Sapphire and me to sit down in a pair of oak swivel chairs. Random burn marks, torn leather seat, a portion of one arm missing. I sit, but can't help commenting. Your chairs have seen better days. You're not here to discuss precinct budget issues. But since you're here, let's chat. Rizzo's puts down the file. Okay, explain how we got here. I swivel back and forth in the chair. Quantum tunneling. Rizzo's says it like I'm supposed to know this. I don't know what that means. I settle back and stop swiveling. Rizzo's rests his elbows on his knees, brings his fingertips together. Can I be upfront and honest with you? Yeah, sure. Upfront and honest is something I'm not sure I've seen since I arrived in this city, I say. You're in way over your head. You should go home. Stick around and you'll probably end up dead or worse. Dead or worse? Nice pep talk. But I can't leave, not yet. I rest my clenched fists on my knees. So why not tell us who's interested in a dead violinist's music? And why are they willing to kill for it? Ms. Anju, you were Professor Stone's assistant. Where were you the morning he died? The tone in Rizzos' voice infers he already knows. On Thursday mornings, I always went to his office to pick up exams he had to grade by Friday, and material for his Thursday afternoon students. Sapphire spoke clearly and calmly. No doubt about her truthfulness that I could read. She went on. When I was there, the telephone rang. I answered, and it was the courier service, calling to verify if the music was received at the professor's residence. I asked what they were talking about, and the woman rambled on about a storm-delaying delivery, so Professor Stone instructed their company to divert delivery to his brownstone. So that's how Paganini's music ended up at Stone's brownstone. Rizzos's voice holds a note of disbelief. The weight of his stare stays on Sapphire. He shifts his position and focuses his gaze on me. What do you believe in, Mr. Daniels? Magic? Science? Things that go bump in the night? <laughs>
nightmares that come to life? God, the devil, Santa Claus? Hairs on my arms tingle. What's wrong with believing in Santa Claus? And I can attest as of today that nightmares do come to life for some of us. But these last couple of days, so much has happened I can't explain. If you tell me it's all magic, I might just believe you. But I can't say I've ever seen, met, or believed in the devil. Rizos's look rivets my skin to my face. Why not believe in the devil? After all, he believes in you. His voice is absent of emotion. An overwhelming cold chills me. I rub my arm. I'm not about to let Rizos think he scares me. I launch into one of my favorite stories. I once had this third grade teacher. He was one mean son of a nutcracker. He loved showing the world how much I was his favorite student and made me balance heavy piles of books whenever whim or opportunity struck. I push out each hand as far as I can stretch, letting me hold stacks of books in each hand at the front of the class. I know my teacher wasn't the devil, but it wouldn't surprise me to find out they were related. Rizos pushes air through his teeth but stays silent. I match his tombstone-friendly face, match him and push air through my teeth, match his silence. Sapphire stands. Professor Stone didn't tell me much, but he told me if anything happens to him, I was to find Detective Rizos at the 20th Precinct. Why didn't you say any of this before? I can't keep the incredulity out of my tone. I was scared, and I never met Rizos. Guys with guns and all? I didn't know what or who to believe, she says. Mr. Daniels, what if I give you the chance to save or destroy New York City? Perhaps even the world. Which do you choose? Save it or walk away? Rizos asks. And you just happen to have the power to go around asking people to save the world? My voice is almost demanding. Only when required. His smile fades into tight lips. His face teases momentary regret and then falls back into its previous state of an emotional abyss. I'm just a musician from Wentzville, Missouri, filling in for my friend's gig. I point to Sapphire. And she's just a smart, beautiful co-ed with epic talent who wants to play Paganini's music. I pause, breathe in slow and loud. You think I'm smart and beautiful? Sapphire heckles me. Rizzo's eyeballs me. How much do you know about Stone or Paganini? I get Stone is no ordinary professor. And Professor Wicambi talked about Paganini at his lecture last night, so I know some stuff about Paganini. His voice goes dead somber. Professor Stone was not only Mizanju's mentor, he was also mine, as the archivist and head of the New York Lavender and Roses Society branch office for the last 237 years. Why would a music professor be a detective's mentor? Wait, did you say 237 years? Rizos ignores my questions. Did Professor Wicambi talk about Paganini's relationship with the devil? Sweat forms on my neck, back 
palms. During the lecture, there were some pretty crazy questions about the devil. What kind of questions? About different rumors and myths? What can be dispelled them all? Rizos's stoic face remains fixed. And what if some or all of those rumors are true? I'm not sure if he's messing with me or telling the truth. Seems there were enough people who believed something about Paganini's music. I shift in the chair. People are after us. People are getting killed. People are doing this over Paganini's music. But I don't have the music. Sapphire doesn't have the music. And we're sitting in your office, stuck somewhere between 77th and 82nd. Rizzo stands. We're about to go back to the NYLSRBO. Here's your last chance to get off this ride. What the heck is NYLRSBO? I ask. New York Lavender and Roses Society branch office, Sapphire says. The mind handles and absorbs only so much information at a time, Rizzo says. For some, travel through a wormhole proves too much. For others, it's quantum tunneling that does them in. Rizzo's gaze darts from each side of the office, lands back on me. Think of this office as a transition space. It allows you to orientate and digest what you see and hear before taking things up a notch. Up a notch? You mean there's more? The words jump out of my mouth. When we step into the elevator, if your heart isn't true to the cause, the doors shall open and return you to your home in Missouri. You'll be back with your aunt and cousin in Wentzville. Your only memory will be what a great Saturday gig you had. Rizzos walks behind his desk and levels his full gaze on me. You won't remember meeting me, Miss Anjou, Machiavelli, or Velma, and you'll forever lose access to the Lavender and Roses Society. I know Rizzos is trying to intimidate me or scare me off. I sit up straighter. I'm trying to wrap my head around an elevator that travels five to six blocks and your save or destroy the world comment and this wacky escape room we're in. And now you want my heart to be true to a cause I know nothing about. My voice drips with a cup of sarcasm. Of course, none of this matters if the city or world gets destroyed in the next couple of days, Rizzo says. I'm in. You're not scaring me off. You have the opportunity to leave, but are choosing to stay? Why? Rizos asks. Because I made a promise I have to keep. That's it. The conviction in my tone surprises me. Okay. Next stop, the New York Lavender and Roses Society branch office, Rizos says. Sapphire and Detective Rizos share a look. I'm guessing it's something about stone. Or maybe it's something I really should know, right now. Should I ask? Will either of them tell me the truth? I decide to wait and see. We all walk to the goo map on the wall, which quivers, wiggles, shakes, shrinks back to an obsidian dot. The wall shimmers. The elevator doors appear and open. Rizzo, Sapphire, and I enter. The door is snapped shut. I look down. The floor is gone. 
We're standing on empty air, but not falling. Where'd the floor go? Adrenaline rockets through my veins. I grab the brass railing. Sapphire and Detective Rizzo stand motionless, their blank faces unfazed. Clink, clank, clunk. Creak, creak, creak. We move down. The elevator shake, wobble, bounces. My stomach muscles contract. Grind, groan, great. Tick, tick, tick. Whirr, whirr, whirr. Whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. Um. Is the elevator making those whooshing sounds out loud? The detective flashes a half-smile. Yes, but ignore him. He's doing that for attention. Ever since we installed an escalator that takes folks directly to or from the labyrinth and maze section. Whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. You have a labyrinth and mazes section? Just how big is your society office anyway, I ask. And I can't help but notice Sapphire seems unperturbed by any of this. It's a never-ending, expanding pocket universe, so it's only ever contained to one's imagination, Rizzo says. A never-ending, expanding what? He said pocket universe, Sapphire says. We stop. The doors slide open. Machiavelli greets us with a meow. Detective Rizzo's nods. Hey, Mac. Welcome back. Thelma's bubbly nasal voice greets us. Detective Rizzo's, fresh hot tea for you, Miss Anju, and your latest recruit. Detective Rizzo's chuckles. Velma, I need to see Paganini's Diabolus in Musica Sonata. Sapphire put her hand up. Paganini never composed a sonata about the Devil's Interval? Perhaps you're thinking of a song by Black Sabbath? You listen to heavy metal? I ask, impressed. She rolls her eyes rests or glare on me. You found me out. I like lots of music, including heavy metal. Detective Rizzo's nods, smiles. Ah, Miss Anju, you'd be surprised how much lost music hides in plain sight. My pulse quickens, my ears tingle, my intrigameter goes past 100%. The Devil's Interval is the song revealed after you combine different pieces of Paganini's music. Rizzo's voice carries a booksmart vibe. What does that title mean? Folks want to summon the devil, I ask, hoping to keep the worry out of my voice. The Dragons and Nymph Society sponsoring the Ren Fair in concert are doing those as a cover for what they plan to do instead, Rizzo says like it's common knowledge. I don't believe you. I've suspended my disbelief for a whole lot of things since I arrived in this city. Just because I happened to run into a beautiful girl and didn't want to end our connection. But... Don't be surprised. You're here for a reason. And the real showstopper happens after your performance. The dragons and nymphs mean to summon the devil when Sapphire plays Saturday. Rizzo says this without a hint of fear. Sapphire's summoning the devil? I look from Rizzo's to Sapphire to Machiavelli. He licks himself. I turn my attention back to Rizzo's. 
Professor Stone spent the last 50 years gaining the trust of members of the Dragons and Nymphs for the sole purpose of sabotaging the ritual that's about to occur on Saturday night. His diverting the music to his house raised suspicion. Now he's dead. Rizzo sighs, heavy and deep, places his hand on his heart. Rest in peace, old friend. And now that we've lost Stone and Paganini's music, we have to try something different. Find something to hold on to, Velma announces. You're about to be taken into a fast spin. I grab Detective Rizzos's jacket sleeve. What does Velma mean? These are the only words I speak. My entire being spins hard and fast. My vision goes blurry. Objects all around me shift, spin, and blend into one another. Darkness folds into one enormous entangled mess. I simultaneously feel nothing and the entire universe inside of me. Coming up next in The Devil Pulls the Strings by J.W. Zarek. Chapter 20 The Big Book